Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So most of you know from watching my videos that I think the banking crisis has not come to an end in the United States. I think we're maybe inning seven or probably six, seven, something like that. But uh, there's probably more problems to come. Now, I'm not saying it's another GFC type of event where J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo and all of these guys come down and require a bailout. But I don't think we've seen the end of it with these regional banks and them making some really bad decisions that are now impacting not just the uh, asset side of the balance sheet, liability side, the whole thing combined, which could put more stress, uh, which could have them tighten up the credit standards. And if you have tightening credit, that could impact the overall economy. My bigger concern, obviously, is credit tightening at a global level in the euro dollar market. But let's go ahead and see some of the more recent data that has come out around the banking system to try to determine, okay, have we dodged a bullet? Or is this something that we should still be worried about based on not George Gammon's opinion, but the actual facts? <laughs> All right. So first, let's kind of hear a counter argument because uh, a lot of the mainstream and the banksters and the Fed, as you can imagine, they're saying, oh, well, this thing is over. The Fed is a genius, or they're all geniuses at the Fed. They came out with this bank term funding program, BTFP, another one of their crazy abbreviations or acronyms. And because the Fed is so clever, we avoided this crisis. They solved the problem. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Move on. We're never, ever, ever going to have to worry about a bank going bust again. Okay, so this is uh, from Reuters. September 5, rising demand for Fed bank lending program is not a sign of stress. You know what that reminds me of, Josh? That reminds me of Jerome Powell. Remember back in September of 2019 when he had to do QE because of the repo market blowing up? And he said, whatever you do, do not call this QE. He was adamant. You do not call this QE. This is not QE because QE would imply that we're going to be doing this forever. And then Cerveza sickness <laughs> and all, the, all that goes straight out the window. But it sounds, it's got the same vibe, right? Oh, forget about that repo thing. Forget about the fact that we're buying bonds. This is not QE. And the same thing they're doing here. Oh, forget about all the stress. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank, that's old news. That was March. That was like six months ago. Uh, First Republic signature. Ah, oh, and yeah, we had a couple banks go bust uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, they're just little ones. No one's gonna notice if a few here and there <laughs> just go belly up. Let's focus on the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the economy is resilient. You hear that word over and over and over and over again. I think that's actually the script that's coming down from the Klaus types. Whatever you do, just say the word resilient over and over and over again. The more you can say it, the better. All right, let's get on to, or let's keep going down this article here. Almost a half a year. So see, they're not even saying six months. They're, they're trying to use terminology that make it seem like it was off in the distant past. It wasn't even months ago. It was half a year ago. Silicon Valley Bank went belly up and nearly set off national banking crisis. Still growing borrowing from the Federal Reserve Emergency Lending Facility gives the appearance of lingering trouble for the financial sector. But if you think there's still a problem, and if you think that 
this amount of emergency lending that the Fed is having to do for the banks is representative of this problem still being a problem, well, then you've just got it wrong, my friend. You just have not been listening to the central planners. How dare you? If you just listen to Jerome Powell, he'll tell you that the economy is fine and there's nothing to worry about. Moving on down. <laughs> I mean, that's, obviously, that's not exactly what they're saying, but it's just the tone. You can tell by the words they use. Okay, so the usage of the BTFP rocketed at launch. This was back when Silicon Valley Bank was going bust, March of 2023. It went up to $79 billion a month later. From early May onward, though, it has taken another $32 billion. So be clear. It has not gotten down there. It's not gone down. It's continued to go up, but at a little bit slower pace. And because it's going up at a slower pace, they're saying that this is indicative of the fact that there's no longer a problem. And, and what's really interesting and uh, in fact, quite amusing is how later on in this article, they'll actually spin it to say the fact that the BTFP is going up and it's gone up by $32 billion, not only is it an indication, or not only is it not an indication that the banking system is struggling, it's actually an indication that the banking system is doing really well. And if you think that that's a tough spin for the spinsters, <laughs> you would be wrong. Here you go. Quote, most of the borrowing was done by the troubled banks at the beginning. And when it comes to the modest amount of growth seen over the summer. <laughs> Again, uh, Joseph at Barclays is getting the script from the global elite. Whatever you do, Joseph, if you really want to keep your job, we've all got to be on the same page and you've got to make this uh, additional borrowing seem like no big deal. Got it, Joseph says. The Fed launched the BTFP in March. Okay, we know that. And here's a chart showing the BTFP. This is this lighter color. And this is the discount window. So they're saying, well, look, I mean, obviously there's not a problem because the discount lender, uh, the discount window lending has gone back down to pretty much zero. Now you guys probably know this from watching my videos, but there's three stages here that you got to look at when you're considering how much strain is on the banking system. First and foremost, you've got to look at the federal home loan banks and how much borrowing or lending they're doing, because that's the first step. If a bank's in trouble, they're going to go there first. Because that is, um, uh, let's see, there is no way to track if that borrowing from the federal home loan bank is an indication that the bank is failing. It could be a result that the bank is doing really well. Why? Because that bank was set up to extend money to other banks to extend mortgages. So if the bank is going bust and they have to go to federal home loan bank, they can say, oh, well, it's not that we're going bust. Nothing to see here. It's just that we're extending more mortgages. You see, so it gives them kind of cover. It's uh, an anonymous way to borrow money without having to show that you could be in some serious trouble. Where if you go to the BTFP, well, it's kind of like you're showing your cards there. But if you go to the discount window, you're basically just raising your hand and say, yeah, I'm bust. So those are the three stages here. So you can see this lighter colored line go up and I'll give you the punchline here. The punchline, what they're saying is that the increase in lending from this emergency program 
from this the, the emergency facility that the Fed, the Fed had to set up to basically save the banking system in March. They're saying the increase is a result of the banks taking more risk because now they are so uh, that the banking system itself is so strong that their appetite for risk is increasing. So what they're doing is they're looking at this facility saying, aha, what we can do is we can take some of these treasuries that are on our balance sheet and we can give them to the Fed, get 100 cents on the dollar, and then we can use that to take on more risk and to provide more loans where we'll actually make more money. That's the idea. My simple rebuttal to this would be if that's the case, if all of this additional lending that you're seeing, let's say go from 80 billion up to wherever it is today, around 110 billion. If that's a result of these banks taking additional risk, if this is an indication of the health of the banking system, then why do we still have the BTFP? If all these banks are out there looking at a red hot economy and saying to themselves, wow, how do I participate? Man, my balance sheet is so strong. The banking system is so resilient that we need to go out there and make more money. How do we do this? It's the animal spirits have been unleashed, just like Keynes was talking about. If that's true, then why do we still need the emergency facility? You see how once you scratch beneath the surface, you see some inconsistencies, <laughs> to say the least, in their train of thought or the way they're trying to spin this to the general public. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So what's more important? What do we really need to look at in addition to this chart? Okay, well, let's go back to the first step. Remember, it's those three layers. First, the Federal Home Loan Bank. So they call their loans advances for some reason. And uh, I don't know why, but the Fed is still stuck on stupid here at Q1 of 2023. Now, the reason I want to start with this chart is because you can see what is typical. And as the amount of homes being sold, the amount of mortgages in demand increase, then you would expect that some of these banks want to offer those loans. They need more liquidity. So that's what the FHLB was set up in the beginning to assist with. So that's why you see it go up here with the housing, call it boom, of the uh, 2003, 2004, 2005. And then same thing, that's why it crashes. It skyrockets from 2007 up to 
probably Lehman Brothers or so. Why? Because now all of a sudden they're not using it for mortgage liquidity. They, the banking system, is using it because they're in crisis mode. But then it goes back down after crisis mode is no longer in effect because the Fed coming out with QE and yada, yada, yada. So we get to 2012 and you would imagine that it would be at a low point, which it is. Why? Because demand for mortgages at that time was incredibly low. So the demand for mortgages goes up and up and up and up. But then prior to the Cerveza sickness, now it's going down. And then you see this spike. Why? Not because of mortgages, but because of a crisis situation. That's when the banks are in trouble. They need liquidity. So then we see it absolutely crash because the government steps in, Fed steps in with all their programs. But then you fast forward to Silicon Valley Bank, March, and it skyrockets. It skyrockets again, not because there's more mortgages, but because we're in a crisis situation. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of set the foundation there before we move on and look at the more recent numbers. So to do that, we've got to go to this PDF that was issued by the federal home loan banks. This was as of July 28. So I think this is most recent data we have. Now the summary here, we'll go over in this last paragraph. We have to pay not we have to pay close attention to the advances. Are they increasing? Are they decreasing? And if so, by how much? So we see that during the second quarter of 2023, uh, the member demand moderated as market liquidity began to normalize as of June 30th, 2023. Advances and consolidated obligations decreased $162 billion. So I will give the spinsters that. We did see a decrease. So this is good. Billion and $138 billion uh, compared to March of March 31 of 2023, but remained levels uh, remained at levels higher than December. 31st, 2022. So I think what's most important is we see what is the absolute number and then compare that to what we see historically when there is no strain or a lot less strain on the banking system than we see now. Okay, so that number is right around 800 billion. Hopefully they, yes, here we go. Advances totaled 882 billion. So they went down slightly. But the big question is, what is 882 relative to what we've seen in the past? That's when we go back to this prior chart, and we can see that just prior to the GFC, we were around 624. So when it spiked up during the GFC, we saw it get up to a trillion. But even during the recession after Bear Stearns, it gets up to 900,000. Same thing here. When we really start to see the stress in the banking system at the end of 2022 going into 2023 when we saw the blowups it goes from 373 billion up to 500 up to 600 and then it peaks out at a trillion my point is right now we're at 888 call it 900 billion this would indicate when you look at history that although it's gone down we are still not out of the woods so if you take this and compare it to what the spinsters are saying in that first article from Reuters, you can see that the probability is on the side of us not being out of the banking crisis, but still being in the banking crisis based on what we're seeing here with the federal home loan bank advances and how that's much, much higher than what it would normally be. And it's very consistent 
with what we've seen in times of crisis. So for all you spinsters out there that want to look at the bank term funding program and say, oh, well, this increase by 30, 40 billion, nothing to see here because that's banks taking more risk. And that's a sign that the banking system is extremely healthy. Uh, wrong. You've got some more explaining to do, my friend. <laughs> if anything, that is a sign that the banking system is under continued strain. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.